sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Second hour of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris here. Bragging rights tomorrow night. Over-unders for the game between Mizzou and Illinois. Text them to us, 875-KTGR. Text in your fantasy football questions, too. Play, fade, eliminate coming up at 525. Big weekend for the fantasy playoffs if you're still alive. For most likely, what's the semifinals? Uh, We'll talk about that at 525. But first... Before we get to that, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Big Show. Number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1? You can have curtain 1. I got to feel bad for Corey Flagg, the linebacker that becomes the latest member of the Mizzou football transfer class. Great player. Mizzou's excited to have him. I just feel badly because the news cycle is going to miss him a bit, given the other Mizzou news of the day. Mizzou has signed... Kirby Moore and Blake Baker to contract extensions. Both coordinators extended. And the terms aren't yet known, but here's what counts and the reason that it happens now. It's to reinforce that both remain in the fold for the upcoming season. They already had contracts. The point is, you give them more money, you give them more reassurance, you make sure that they're here for what could be a trip to the college football playoff. Like That's what is gearing up for 2024, and to have both those guys in the fold again, the continuity of it all is really key. Great news for the Tigers today. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. On Mizzou basketball, Gabe Arman seemed to be on Andy's wavelength when it comes to bragging rights, being must-win territory if we're supposed to take Mizzou basketball seriously when it comes to, well, maybe a trip to the NCAA tournament and having any hopes for such a bid. This is the last non-conference opportunity that Mizzou's going to have to pick up that sort of resume-building win, and it's going to happen tomorrow night in St. Louis. Can the Tigers, as probably big underdogs, get it done? I don't know. I'm not really sure right now. Number three. There's three. Yes! How much did outcomes on the field impact recruiting wins that the Drinkwitz Tigers are having right now? It's funny to think back to asking Gabe Yarman that same question in August and him saying, yeah, the win total won't be a massive factor for the kids that commit in December. And I think when he said that, it was right. The thought being, hey, eight wins, how much does that really transcend for current recruiting? Probably not a lot, considering the point that Gabe made where Pinkle never got a bump for his recruiting wins. But that just kind of shows how special what Eli Drinkwitz is doing right now is at Mizzou. NIL, they know what they're talking about. Number four. Oh, I shanked it. Look, OU fans bombarding the business for Caden Green's dad, his insurance business on Google Reviews, giving him bad reviews. Yeah, that tells me just about all I need to know about a good chunk of that fan base. It's nothing I didn't really know already, but it sure isn't great. Nice to see Mizzou fans try and counteract it with some positive reviews, though. I think Google's taken it all down, though, since. Number five. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! Slap! Pirates chairman Bob Nutting spoke about Andrew McCutcheon and his impact on the team after Kutch signed a one-year deal with the Pirates. And if their tweet about it had said specifically that instead of what it actually said, well, there would have been no problem. That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here. 
That's all I got. <laughs> That's all you got. I'm add in call or text only. <laughs> call or text only. <laughs> yes. That's all I have or, to say. That was all I had to say. Uh, that they could have tweeted what I said, and it would have been fine. Well, they I didn't. mean, maybe you should, they should so. they should have called you up. I suppose. Are you are yeah. you advocating now to be the Pirates? No team. No nope, nope. social it, media. I just next time if they have. Honestly, whenever the chairman, Chairman Bob, happens to speak about anything, oh, if yeah. they would just take an extra moment to think about how they tweet the things that he says. Yeah, maybe put Especially a verb if about in another between the, uh, the name maybe. and <laughs> it's yeah, simple. Maybe make it a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Commit to it being a sentence. Subject, verb, object, yes. That would be, you could go that route. <laughs> you yes. Absolutely do that. 875-KTGR, uh, call or text us. What are your over-unders for Mizzou, Illinois? Given to us, 875-KTGR. Daniel texted in. How are we feeling about Seton Hall whooping UConn last night? I mean, I don't feel bad about it. No, it's nice I, to see. Yeah, sure. Because Mizzou obviously you lost for everybody you, game, you but... just played for or played against. You root for them the rest of the season. That's how this works. Did Mizzou go up in the go up in the net last night as a result? I have they no idea. Uh, I, don't what, what ha- I don't know what that... Yeah, what that does yeah. don't don't know what it did for their net right now they're at uh they're at 84 in kempom if that's what okay. you're looking for they, sure they're down a few spots from where they were when they played the uh the seton hall game but they're facing number 12 in that same ranking illinois and man if you can play well against them then you give a little bit of hope i think um but it does. I, I I agree with Gabe Diarmid. I think it needs to be a win. If you're if you're thinking about NCAA tournament, still, that needs to be a win. I mean, my thing is still you could lose the game and make the tournament, but that would take the kind of conference season that we have no indication is coming. Yeah. If you lose to Kansas, Seton Hall, and then Illinois, like there's no reason to think that they're going to be a different team all of a sudden. It could happen. But, like, this is kind of that last chance to, before you really get into the thick of what the conference schedule is going to bring, you need it for the resume. Otherwise, you're talking about needing to do something in SEC play that it's going to be a good conference, a, and I, you're not that team if you can't hang in this game and, and maybe win it again, on I a think, neutral site. I think 12 wins minimum if you're talking about losing this game and trying I would to climb agree. back. Yeah. In, yeah, 12 and so, 6 would get you to 19, and you maybe would 20, need actually. to win um but, i keep doing this no you're good without without this one i oh, think without it would this be 12 one. that would get you to 19 and that gives well, you but you have one more yeah technically you have another non-con against central arkansas that's a win like that okay after i did this. not realize yeah. so in that, between that still scheduled. but but yeah, yeah. that's it, it doesn't do much for the resume obviously and so you've got a really run rough shot against the sec schedule if you uh, 20 wins you're maybe in the conversation i think you're in the conversation. You probably want to not take a whatever would be a bad loss, you know, in the opening round of your SEC tournament. Because if you yeah. if you go to get to 20 wins at that point, you would have to go, you know, you might be in double by territory play. very very much so. Or yeah, again, yeah. it's just not the team that we're seeing on the court right now. Well, if you can't, it's just hard to imagine them turning into the 12 win SEC team. Which is isn't that what they did last year? It is like you're not going to be doing that if you're not if you're not showing us more in non-con. I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean the the fact that you haven't been able to take advantage of oh, look you play, you've played the schedule good on you, but you haven't taken advantage of the schedule to I think the full ability and this again can be a weird game sometimes. So you just 
you see what you got. You you go up and you uh, you got to try and win 50-50 balls the rest of the way. I mean, it's going to come down to effort. It's going to come down to rebounding. It's going to come down to uh, maybe making a shot or two on the outside when it's tight late. I don't expect a blowout, by the way, uh, either direction. I don't either. I, I mean, Illinois either. is if more we- likely – but I yes. don't expect if it. If one side's going to blow way. out the other, that yeah. would be the one. But I, I expect it to be within 10 points as the final score. Here's an over-under that's not going to be favorable. Like, we're not going to, it's not going to be a nice thing I'm going to ask you about, but I think okay. it's relevant. All right. Given the way that they have gone on scoring droughts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's say a stretch of game time over-under five minutes and 30 seconds. Whew. Is there a stretch of 530? in which they go without more than, say, three points. Do they have another one of those droughts where you've got that five, six-minute stretch and you go, oh, no, they've only got one basket in the last six minutes of game time? Because if you're going to say over, I'm going to say you lost the game. And this Illinois team will be able to do that to you. If Seton Hall can do it to you, if Kansas can do it to you, if it could happen in this game. If you can't avoid it, I really like your chances. If you don't have those prolonged droughts, I think there's a shot. Because Mizzou, when it's playing its game and when it's playing well, they 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 hung with Kansas the rest of that game. I just don't know if I just don't know if it's even avoidable. You were crushing Memphis. I know this was a while ago. You mm-hmm. were crushing them before you had that and there that was like a twenty minute spell of two points. It was the some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in my life. What do you do to avoid that? That might go a long way toward trying to win this game. But do you think they'll have the drought? Maybe it's not even a great over-under question. Is there going to be a capital T, capital H, capital E drought that's going to cost Mizzou in the scorebook? So they went nearly six minutes at the start of the second half against Seton Hall with only three points. That's like, exactly that, what that, I'm That's at. what yep. you're... That's what you're looking at. Can they avoid that? I think they can. Can I just say um, I hope so? Because I, mean, I don't want to say they want to. Wanna, but, if you want to win, you've got to. Um, but And that's partially on Dennis Gates. I don't care how many timeouts it takes you. You have a sense for how your guys are playing and when things are starting to get away. Use them. Use them yeah, all. I don't, or, care if you empty the, I don't care if you empty the chamber. If you're in the midst of that and... You've allowed a you know a, a, a 6-0 run to turn into a 10-0 run to turn into a 14-2. There has to be points at which you go, it's not my typical stance to do this, but I might call timeouts more often than I normally do because this is where the Kansas game was lost. This yeah. is where the Seton Hall game was lost. This is certainly where the Memphis game was lost. I You have to do everything in your power to stave that off. I think so. I mean, and look, it might be about rotations. It might be about look if you had a if you had a solid stretch with one group out there in the first half, and you know that you can go back to that well, like do it immediately. Start the second. The reset half of it. button, right? Yeah. yeah, find a reset button that you say, "Hey, this is a group of guys that we think play well together. That they're they're going to be the stoppers and call timeouts to put that in alignment." I don't care if you don't have any timeouts left in the second half. You don't. Again, it's not going to do you any good when you just lose the game by eight to ten points because you had a sixteen to two run that you could have maybe found a way to to staunch the bleeding a little more if you had been. I'm talking be hyper aggressive with timeouts. Make us irritated at home that there's so many TV commercials. I'm cool with that. 
don't allow a group that's out there kind of just flailing and clearly, you know, about to go underwater. It's happened in all your losses. Don't let that happen in this game. You can't. 875-KTGR. Call or text us with what you want to see from Mizzou in this uh, contest against Illinois in the Bragging Rights game tomorrow night. All right. How about about for three-point percentage for Mizzou? So far, they've shot 36.2% this year. That's pretty good. Over or under 37 tomorrow. I think they'll make some threes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I'll take over. Okay. Close I think to they 40? have to. Mm, 37, 38. That's right, that's right about the, 37 and a half, 38. Yeah. I think they have to be that type of team. That's got to be a way that you put the scoring together. And it can be the, the great equalizer when you're playing a team that's better than you. It's still worth three for everybody. So if you're making your threes and they're not, that is how many times last year did we see that be the formula for Mizzou to either hang in games or even win games that pregame you maybe thought they weren't supposed to be in. That's kind of how they, they, they identified as that sort of team. And it worked now, but it worked because you had Des Moines Hodge doing what he was doing. And you had, you know, Nick Honor was always good for one when you needed it. Does this team have that depth of scoring from the outside? No, but we've seen certain guys be able to step in. We know Sean East is is capable. Um, can you know if Noah Carter is going to shoot six of a Mandy, he's got to make more than one, right? That was that was the number for him in the Seton Hall game. So I'm going to say I'm going to be optimistic and say that that's something that will keep him in, um, and that they're able to get beat their season percentage and have a really solid shooting day from the outside. It's going to be a tough defense to crack though because man illinois has done well on the defensive end to uh to start the year especially inside the arc so it might have to be a, an outside the arc type of effort yeah they're not going to be able to penetrate this yeah. illinois defense on the interior it's not their game it's not that they don't have the number the big bodies they have they're not as polished as scorers to be that guy in this game i'll say i'll say it. it's over uh also i think they'll get close to 40 percent in this game especially if if you think they're going to win, and or at least give themselves a shot, they have to be near that number. So I'll say over. Well, maybe maybe coinciding with that thought, Tamar Bates, you know, over under twenty two and a half minutes. He played twenty eight in the last game, oh, and I don't minutes? have a problem with that. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah, up and over. Yeah, you got to like don't. My point with asking it that way is don't regress on his minutes. Let's nope. let him be yeah. one of the mainstays. Dennis Gates had said last week before the Seton Hall game that. You know, and, and this was, I believe, on his Tiger talk. I was um, I was driving home from when when we did the, uh, the what you call it that day? What would we do? Uh, we did the, the food, food drive. drive last week. Yeah, so I was driving, <laughs> one one I was driving home. Drive. Yeah. The, it's much more wonderful than a what you call it, but the, the name escaped me. <laughs> but what he had said is like, he had said, don't laugh too hard. I was trying to get it out. Oh, Sean East and Nick Honor are really the guys that, you know, had established themselves. And Noah Carter is a name that he said along with that. But then we saw Tamar Bates get 28 minutes, one more minute than Noah Carter, who had a bad game. I mean, one for 12 shooting. Uh, he, he mixed in with rebounds, had nine boards, and, and did some other things that you like. But from a perspective of he's one of the mainstays, Tamar Bates got more minutes than him. And four for four from three for Tamar Bates. So I'm like, if you're going to lean in on, hey, this is the type of team we got to be, and who are the scorers going to be, let Tamar Bates be one of those guys. And look, um, he's... And the reason- and yeah. I'm sorry. The reason I ask it that way is because we've seen Aiden Shaw have a bunch of minutes, and then the next game he doesn't play. We've seen like we've seen a back and forth with a lot of these guys as Dennis tries to find the rotation. 
convince yourself that Bates is one of those guys and see what happens. And he's got the best offensive rating on this team. But as far as how much he's used on offensive plays, the what the times when he is finishing the play, essentially making a shot or missing a shot, making a turnover, whatever it might be, his usage rate is around sixth on the team. Like you, yeah. he's got to be at least top three. Like you got to make sure he's on the on the back end of all these plays a lot more often than he is right now. And then, like, maybe allow for that to let Nick Honor be more of the distributor. Like, Sean East is going to be willing to do both. He can pick up his assists, but he's going to be your probably your primary scorer, the guy who's going to put up more shots than anybody on most nights. But let that emergence, perhaps, of Tamar Pates be what it is. And Because, again, if you're Nick Honor, you want to be shooting the ball, and, and he's got an ability to do it. Scored 14 in the last game. I think he was 4 for 9 from the field. But I think they're at their best if they find enough of those complementary pieces from a scoring perspective to where Nick Honor can just kind of do his role as a primary distributor. It doesn't, again, Dennis always says he wants him to shoot more, and, and I that's cool. I mean, he can. On this roster, he can do it. But I also think his ability to set up teammates and to do so with a great yeah. assist-to-turnover ratio is something that he could lean more into if he had the trust of, when I pass it to XYZ, they're going to hit the shot. And that's where maybe Tamar Bates comes into play. Give us your over-unders for Mizzou, Illinois tomorrow, 875-KTGR. Call or text us. Old Jay is here on the KTGR hotline. Old Jay, what's up? Okay. So first off, I'm going to do a disclaimer before Tiger Tales after okay. dark. Okay. All right. Just, boy. yeah, I'm going to have some fun with this one. Yeah. Number two, there's going to be a story time tomorrow. Because we're going to have a little bit of fun. Not going to Tiger Tales, but we're going to have a little holiday story time. Okay, very good. Uh, because when your friend up north calls you to ask for help, you do it and you make you have some fun with it. Now, these over-unders are what it's going to take for Mizzou to win, okay? So we're going to go over-under four-and-a-half blocks for Vanover and Shaw combined. Okay. 21 and a half points from Shaw. Whoa. And. Did, did you mean Sean East or Shaw? Shaw? Or Sean East. Sorry. Sean, oh, East. Sean East. Okay. Sean oh, East. All right. I was East. like, wait a second. Boy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then I'm going to say five and a half more, re- only five and a half more rebounds for Illinois. So plus five and a half half on the rebounding margin for Illinois. Yes. Tomorrow. Okay. All right. Appreciate the call, OJ, here on the Big Show KTGR. The blocks. When he said Shaw, I knew it. (laughs) Well, okay. All right. How about this? If Shaw, if Aiden Shaw scores more than twenty-one points, hammer the Mizzou money line. Oh my goodness! Um, (laughs) (laughs) My two favorite words. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Season would be back in play. Yeah. Um, Connor Vanover and Aiden Shaw in the last game combined for twenty-four minutes. Uh, neither of them had a block in the last the game. Blocks. Yeah, they're going to had three, but it was Butler and Pierce coming up with the blocks last game. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking the under for sure if I'm trying to win money. I just don't think they'll, you know, Vanover, if he plays more, will get more blocks. But um, I don't know what his role is going to be, Andy. That's kind of what I said, yeah. even bringing him in in the first place. Like, what do they, does, does he fit the style and the scheme of the way they want to play enough that you can devote 20, 25 minutes to him? 
I don't know. I, I, I'm I willing to find out. I don't know if Dennis Gates is, right? He played him 11 yeah. minutes in the last game, so we'll see. Sean East, over under 21 and a half points. I mean, if it... He almost if, has to. Yeah, if... if and and win. It almost is a, a good thing to maybe bet on because even if Mizzou kind of struggles in this game, Sean East, He's I think, is... Points. I mean, he's going to get his points, I think. Uh, someone's got to get him, right? But he only averages 17.1, so like that's above, up and yeah, up but and even above. In the, but even in the games where Mizzou is, like, I think he had at least 20 against Kansas uh, on the road, so, I mean. Yeah, yeah, 21, 22 against Wichita, 21 against Pitt, just 16, though, in the last game. Right. I mean, look, I, I think I'll say over in this one uh, for him. I'll say slightly under twenty right. or twenty-one. So not in a way that like completely demonstrably makes you have no chance as Mizzou, but I'll say like he'll get right around twenty or twenty-one. All right, and then the rebounding one, the uh, plus five and a half for Illinois on the rebounding margin. Illinois is a good rebounding team, twentieth in the nation in rebounding rate in terms of their percentage of total rebounding. And Mizzou is not good. As Mizzou is uh, not twentieth in the nation no, in rebounding they rate. Uh, they are two hundred eighty fourth yeah. in the nation in rebounding. <laughs> Add a rate. zero so, at the end of that twenty, and uh, yeah, you've got where I'm going to say no. That uh, it's going to be over. Well, again, differential like, for me. It needs to not be, but I'm needs to not. You have to find a way to make that a little more even. They if don't you're gonna have a they, chance. That's not. They don't care. <laughs> they and I mean, look, they've done that. that no, well, look, the, but they've done this against other teams. Like Pitt they was have. an excellent rebounding team, and they went on the road and they out rebounded them. Um, yeah. So it's possible. And again, like bragging rights, anything can happen. That's I'll true. say, I'll say it's uh, it's under. I'll say it. Uh, Illinois probably still win by two or three rebounds. I'm going to say like it's that. over, okay. but I'm going to disagree with Old Jay. Like if you're out rebounded by eight or nine, you could still win as Mizzou. Like this does don't take this to mean I'm picking Illinois tomorrow. Well, yeah. Um, but I did I did take the other side on a couple of his key, actually all three of them. I said under. I don't think the blocks thing is it. Like they lost by six to Seton Hall. It, game wasn't probably even as close as that score indicated. But you don't have to have the blocks necessarily to do it. So we'll see. Maybe I I take the other side on all three of Old Jay's props and then say Mizzou still wins. Tune in tomorrow. You'll find out. Hey, who knows. 875-KTGR. Give us a call or a text. You can text in your over-unders for Mizzou, Illinois, and we'll have our predictions coming up tomorrow night on the show. But next, time to get you set for fantasy football this weekend. Again, games all over the place towards the end of the year. You've got to be ready on your toes to set your fantasy football lineups for the semifinals. Play Fade Eliminate with Brendan next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. You don't even have to wonder what the song's going to be. You already know. I'm just waiting for Chris to do the bait and switch on us in the next segment or something like that. I don't know. Well, now that we've talked about it, anything's plausible. But Pull the rug out from underneath us. Think, uh, it's going to be Wham again. Oh, no. Here's Creed all of a sudden. Wham! There's Creed. <laughs> wham! There's Creed. <laughs> I just gave Chris an idea. You know? Or, or not. He'll just, you know... Brush it off like he usually does. This would have been what? the segment to do yeah. to do Creed, honestly, given um, my my fantasy team that's still in the uh, playoffs is the one that's named after the Can You Take Me Higher song, even though Josh Dobbs is now on my bench because he's not playing. Because he's on the Minnesota bench. <laughs> participating. He's on their bench and he's on my bench, but I can't drop him. Like, that's bad vibes. If you name your oh. fantasy team after 
a meme inspired by a guy on your team and he stops playing, you just you put him on your bench and then he can go in the offseason. But for now, he's riding along. Uh, he's our captain. He, and Josh Dobbs is our team captain. Do not start him this week in fantasy football, though. That would be my, <laughs> my first bit of advice for this segment. Yeah, uh, and then for the rest of the advice. It's time to play Fade or Eliminate. I would just say for the record, by the way, that, uh, and of course, David was giving you crap for this earlier in the week. But, David sucks so bad. Go ahead. What, what else? But uh, <laughs> it was something like play either Dak or Brock Purdy, Purdy or, or Lamar like Jackson. Lamar Jackson. You As said though, out of the three, Purdy was the one that you would put all the way at the back of the list. I went a, I went against that advice, and it paid off beautifully for me. So, so you can win. Again. I think I also said Brock Purdy has a safer floor than the others, but I wanted to take chase ceiling. Or but ended that's up being, uh, I was wrong. 37 points there for young Brock Purdy. Turns out he had a ceiling. Who, yeah. who could have guessed it? I'm, he advanced me in a dynasty league, so I'm, I've am i got him. All right. And, uh, I'm hoping he does it again because I faced McCaffrey four times this week. So throw to everybody but McCaffrey. Brock is my is my humble request. All right. Well, usually we go, uh, we give three players out of a position group or something like that. Brendan tells you who to play, who to fade, or who to eliminate. But really, it's about that's, fantasy football questions, too. Like, you know, that's correct. Send in whatever you want. This is really. crunch time. Send yeah. in whatever your situation is, and we will we will all commiserate together yeah. on it. But before we start, I want to give you mine. Can I give you my okay, quick situation? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. And you tell me, I it's a dynasty league, so you're yeah. going to go, wow, are you? I love right. playing in two-person leagues. This is sure. why your team's great. It's a dynasty. That's why it's it's possible to do. Yeah. I need you to pick one of these guys to sit. I can play them all except one. Okay. Amon Ross St. Brown, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Waddell, C.D. Lamb, and Trey McBride is the wild card. Trey McBride got 11 targets from Kyler Murray this week. Caught like 10 of them. He's had 20 points in consecutive weeks. He's the offense in Arizona right now. I know there are a lot of great names on that list, yeah. but would you sit any of them for McBride, who seems to be locked into a great role? And the thing is, I've got McBride too, and I have to play him this week. And look, like he's going to be play a plus him. for like absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. he's one hundred percent one of the best options out there at tight end. Um, and he's got a great matchup against Chicago. So um, I can flex him, right? I'm yeah, gonna play you can Kelsey. Put him in a flex like, let's just want. get this out of the way. I'm not going to sit Kelsey because I'm against Kelsey in my biggest league this week. So it would be bad karma to go. Not a Taylor Swift pun. It's just what it is. To sit him and then he goes off against me, and I don't even benefit in my other league. So Kelsey will be locked in. That's the only guarantee. But I can flex McBride over one of those receivers. Is it as simple as you think about sitting Waddle if Tyreek is back and healthy? Is that a thing you do? I, I mean, guess you do Cowboys. think about it. If he's not, if Cowboys he is be back, then do you not play Waddle as much? Or if he isn't, exactly. then yeah, I I think about Cooper Cup a little bit though. No, I, like, that's I, so that's another angle here. But I would have to decide tonight. Play the, the Saints. Every Saints game is so ugly, man. It doesn't you matter who Cooper wins, Cup? but like it's just a seventeen thirteen type Trey of McBride. type of. I don't yeah. Know. He has two 25-point games in a row, does Cooper Cup. Yeah. I do. He is on my team, though, in another big league. So maybe that's the way to do it, is you kind of divide. Has Amon Ross St. Brown been doing stuff lately? I mean, Stop he's still kind it. of up there. I can't sit Amon Ra. Let me see what his recent numbers are. Well, I mean, okay, he's facing the uh, 
He went Pays seven for one twelve in a touchdown in his last yeah, game. He did I wouldn't have a sit him. Against the Bears. Yeah, no, it, it, don't sit him. I Cooper Cup. I'd have to decide tonight. I think yeah. I sit Waddle. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna wait. Okay. And if Waddle is the only game in town, if Tyreek misses, then I'm gonna play Waddle. That's a tough one. Ride. I mean, at that point, so like tough. you can't be upset with what your choice was. No, they're I mean, great players. Just, yeah. But now that you put it in my head, I feel like Cooper Cup is gonna have a dud tonight, and because you, you talked about Thursday it. night, right? Oh, this is so gross. I'm oh, gonna need a minute. Man. I'm gonna be convulsing after the show. Hey, you asked. I'm straight. just, I'm I just trying to give my opinion. I did. <laughs> All right. That's my bad. All, All right. right. Well, listen. let's take your I'm mind sorry. off that for a little bit. Uh, let's go to Adam here on the KTGR. Okay. Uh, uh, text line here, 875-KTGR. You can call or text us with your fantasy football questions for Brendan. Adam needs three of the four flex. Who does he sit? Saquon Barkley, Puka Nakua, Rasheed Rice, and I believe Jay Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is what he means. There. Yeah, because Taylor is supposed to be back for the Colts this week. Um let me. Get, I got to pull up the matchups and see uh, kind of what we're cooking with here because that's always important when you're thinking about well, yeah, who to start, it's, it's, who to sit. Rashi Rice has the Raiders, you know. Uh, so Rashi Rice is a start. Puka Nakua plays tonight. Puka Nakua. Let's hold on that. Who else do we have? You've got Saquon Barkley and Quan. Yeah. The Colts play the Falcons at the Falcons. Chance to be an ugly game, but Jonathan Taylor, you hope is is locked. Saquon Saquon the Falcons Barkley can make the playoffs. Saquon Barkley plays the Eagles. Okay. I'm playing Rasheed Rice above all those people. Can I say that? Like, he's the only yeah. one that's locked in for me. Sure. Um, Barkley should volume his way, and the Eagles' defense is kind of mad. But what if they decide tonight, to, you know, or, or on Monday to be great? I'm going to play Barkley because Christmas magic, it, it can favor you in some of these Christmas games. So I'm going to play Barkley. He's not going to be the guy that I sit. Puka Nakua is maybe the guy that I sit. Okay. Because... Him and Cooper Cup probably both can't thrive against the Saints, right? If the Saints play ugly, can't both thrive. But I'll say this. I'm going to be fully transparent. Like, I've got Puka in a league, and I'm playing him. It's going to be what it is. I don't want to let my, like, pessimism on my own team bleed into telling you to sit the wrong guy, if that makes sense. Um, but I could see Andy's point of view that maybe the passing game isn't as great for the Rams tonight, and so Puka doesn't get the volume he has to share with Cup now. If Puka scores a touchdown, you're mad you sat him. But otherwise, it could be kind of great. It's either Puka or Taylor that you sit. And the argument to sit Taylor instead would be Zach Moss is still going to play like half the snaps. They'll ease Taylor back in in a bad matchup with the Falcons. If it were my team, I'm probably sitting Jonathan Taylor. But also, he's the one that has the most capacity to, like, blow the doors off and be a weak winner for you. So that's a tough, that's a tough guy to actually click sit on. If that makes sense. Zach Moss has a cue next to his name, though, so there is... If Zach Moss doesn't play, you have to play Taylor because he'll be the whole workload. But if yeah. Zach Moss plays, but you won't know that by the time you have to pick whether to play Puka or not. Yeah. That's what's tough. 875-KTGR. Call or text us. Play Fade Eliminate here on the big show. Text in your fantasy football questions. Let's go to Ryan. He also has a question involving Rashi Rice. Play him. Easy. Over Devontae Adams? Most- is that the one-for-one? One? Is that really the question? Yeah, that's his question. One-for-one. One. Yes. Rasheed Rice or Devontae yes. Adams. Wow. De- Rasheed wow. Rice will outscore Devontae Adams. Wow. I, but think about why I'm saying that. My script that I have in my head for this game is a Chiefs blowout. Ooh, you know, boy. they let the Raiders kind of play around with them the first time. This game's in Kansas City. Potentially slick conditions. Aiden O'Connell, is he going to be able to thrive? 
you you almost can't sit Devontae in a playoff game. I understand that. But look at what Rasheed Rice has done from a routes perspective. Up and up and up every week to like 95%. It's going to be, he's going to be on the field the whole game. That's what the Chiefs have been telling us with his recent usage. So I'm not sitting Rasheed Rice. There's not a name you could give me, I don't think. If I'm going to say Devontae Adams. I know it's crazy, but like that, if I'm going to buy into the passing game for this game, for the Chiefs, I have to be buying into Rasheed Rice. And if I'm not buying into the Raiders, if I don't think they're going to have a good game, if I think the Chiefs defensively are going to stand up to them, I don't want to have the guy that's going to, his offense is going to be on the field less. He's going to have less opportunity for touchdowns. I, I get it. But if I had to make that decision in my heart, I know I could do it. I could start Rice over Devontae if I had to. All right. Well, Ryan had another one. Play fade eliminate between these three running backs. David Montgomery, Gus Edwards, Brees Hall. By the way, I'm not sitting Devontae. Like, I'm not trying to find a reason to sit him. So if you can sit somebody else, do it. Start them both. Yeah. Um, but that's my thought there on receivers. Brees Hall, David Montgomery, and who is the other runner here? Gus Edwards. Oh, it never feels good starting Gus Edwards, but they may they may just have to lean into him because of the Keaton Mitchell injury, and he's still going to have the goal line. He got 16 carries against the Jaguars. He'll probably score a touchdown. He might even catch a pass or two. So that's a great guy to pick. David Montgomery could go off, but they, they love Jameer Gibbs, and they're finally letting him be the dude. So Montgomery maybe scores a touchdown, but he's not going to have the workload that Gus Edwards will have. So the pecking order is Edwards above Montgomery for me, but your wild card is Brees Hall. He's he's playing the commanders. I have a league where I'm going to, I think my decision is that I'll play Brees Hall and sit Tony Pollard. And they're kind of, you know, very talented guys that you just don't know what their, what their workload and their role is going to be on a given game. I'm starting Pollard in my main league, and so that's why I'm okay. Like, I'll sit him elsewhere. Brees Hall could win you the week, or he could get you two points. I'm it, I'm going to have a hard time sitting Brees in the matchup. Remember, they're playing the Commanders. They're terrible defensively. Brees Hall very well could have a 60-yard touchdown in this game, either a, a, a reception on, like, a screen or a, a touchdown run. So would I start Brees Hall above Gus Edwards? It depends on the projection. If I'm projected to lose, I think I lean Brees Hall because he could break the week. If I'm projected close and I need just like a guaranteed good floor, 10, 12 points, maybe he gets 15, 20, Gus should be the answer there. But remember, Mm. Gus Edwards is also playing the 49ers. I think it's Brees Hall. I think in the matchup, it's Brees Hall that I would play. That would be my my go-to. Play Brees, fade the matchup of Gus Edwards, and I'm, I'm eliminating Montgomery when you have those options. Still play Monty if you don't, but he's not going to be Monty of September because they really like Gibbs now. All right, play, fail, eliminate. Text in your fantasy football questions, 875-KTGR. David's got one, as always, it seems. He has three different quarterbacks that he's uh, listing off here instead of the ones that I assume. I assume he's just going to fade my advice here, but I'm still going to try to be honest about what I would do. Sure. I know his game now because I messed him up last week. The quarterbacks are Jake Browning, Jared Goff, Jordan Love. Who do the Lions play? That's the one. The Lions. I don't think you can sit Goff after what he did last week, but I need to see the matchup. Yeah. I mean, it seems that way. They're at Minnesota. In a dome. In a dome. 
Now we know Minnesota games can end three to zero, so that's scary. I'm playing Jared Goff. I'm not afraid of the road environment because he still gets to play in a dome. He threw five touchdowns last week. Is that what happened? If you sat J- Jared Goff, man, that didn't feel good. No. That didn't feel no. good at all. That wasn't great. Uh, Jake Browning, sure. Like, any of these guys could go off. I'm even throwing, like, in leagues where I truly don't have an answer. I'm like, do I start Joe Flacco against Houston? Do I? I'm asking myself these questions. But I think the one that has the clearest upside, the floor is the floor is lava. Like, Jared Goff can hurt you. Any of those guys can, though. And Jared Goff just threw five touchdowns, and he does get to play in a dome. So for me, Jared Goff. Like, you're not starting Jake Browning at Pittsburgh, right? Like, I'm not crazy for fearing that environment, even if I don't fear the Pittsburgh defense. I don't think that's nuts, is it? Somebody I mean, help me out here. I I don't think so. Are like, you starting Browning in a league? You, you had oh, a league last yeah. week where you did. You're, well, I almost have back to. Out like, it's either him yeah. or Will Levis. And I, I think I'm, I'm going Jake Browning There's there. nobody on waivers for you? Like, nobody? I mean, sure. There's Tommy DeVito. That's great. Like, no. I would gonna... start Tommy DeVito no, over no, Jake no, Browning. No, 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 no. No Jamar Chase in this game. Remember, he's out. I'm not doing I'm, that. I'm going to make a note for Monday. I want to look back, set an alarm. Does Tommy DeVito, or I guess he plays on Monday. He plays He's on Christmas Monday. Game. Yeah. I'll set the alarm for Tuesday. Does Tommy DeVito outscore Jake Browning? Because I think I would do I'm considering DeVito in a league. Now, Philly, yeah. this is probably where they, like, absolutely clamp up. But DeVito gives you rushing yards. And I, I think the problem is that Philly has lost too many in a row to not play great in this game. But you know who I was able to pick up on, on uh, free agent waivers today in our Yahoo League? You're out of it by now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm going yes. up against Brandon Kylie. I'm going up against BK in the semis. Yeah. I'm starting Baker Mayfield. Oh, well, that's a good start. Right? He, I don't know who dropped him. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But he went nuclear last week, and I think he's got a good matchup. I forget who the Bucks play. But, like, I'm at this point, and Mike Evans is on my team. They're hosting the Jaguars on Christmas Eve. I, Jaguars give up passing yards, and I have Mike Evans. It's a stack. I might beat BK with a stack of Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. That would be so fun. I hope it works out. Hey, maybe so. But that's that's a territory that we're looking at with quarterbacks this week because there's so many hurt. You might still be alive and not have a quarterback. So it makes it tough. Well, uh, we've got some more text even to get to uh, after okay. all of that. So, and, and you know what? Since I tried to help you at least, I don't know if you thought my advice was helpful or maybe it just made it a lot more it difficult It was good for to you. be able to talk through it. It helped. You're going to have to help me with one of mine now. It's, okay. I think it's only fair. Uh, it's the playoffs. We'll take, yeah. We can spend more time on All right. this. It's so, okay. uh, so we'll do that next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. No Was surprises. No surprises. <laughs> Was that an intentional, like, hold for the suspense to see if he plays something different? The little slight... <laughs> Maybe. Little slight pause. That was good. That was good. That was well done. He was. It uh, worked on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For Brendan off eight seven five K T G R. Call or text us. You can keep texting in your fantasy football questions. Play fate eliminated here on the big show. And some disturbing info that just came through on the what? KTGR what text line from your brother David. Oh boy. He informed me after letting me know, or I should say, after asking me which quarterback you should play. Then he tells me. Oh, this is in my semifinal matchup against Katie, which if you recall, if you recall, 
is also my team that I was the co-manager <laughs> yeah. with Katie. We drafted together, and she is this is my family's league that Brendan is Andy, somehow in. Yeah, well, you didn't want to be in the league, so I stepped up. But now knowing that it's actually my team going up against David, I probably should have given him worse advice. Is my thought. Well, Maybe you already gave that to him. Like maybe yeah, your well, advice was, you know, come on, Jared Goff, he can go nuclear on the, the Vikings. I mean, we'll see. Good. We'll see. Eight seven five KTGR. Real quick, Justin texted in: Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm gonna spit out some water. With <laughs> um, I think Mahomes is the answer, right? If we're gonna go with my theory of it's a big day, then that would be my answer. Ravens defense is. Gettable again. The Jaguars should have had more points. They shouldn't have gotten blown out in that game. Ravens have a good defense. Not. I don't know if it's like a top five. It's up there. It's. I mean, points per game. I'm sure it's in there. But Brock Purdy is inevitable. Doesn't it feel that way? Seems here's that why way. I'm gonna. Yeah. That's why, why I'm starting them. I'm. St- I actually have. I'm deciding between Purdy and Lamar. They're playing each other. Oh and wow! I. You're going Purdy. Now, yeah, I think that's probably right because you're right. 49ers, I think, is a better chance of their defense stifling an opposing quarterback than the other way around. I just don't see the, the Niners getting stifled. But let me paint you a picture. What happens if in this particular game, let's say the Niners win it 31-17 or hell, 31-24, like yeah. Lamar has a fine game. What happens to your fantasy team if McCaffrey runs in every touchdown, which is possible? Uh, I also have Christian McCaffrey, so I'm uh, playing them right next to each other. And you enjoy. So here's what that does. This is an interesting conversation. That lowers your ceiling, right? Because you can't have a quarterback. I guess you can if it's a passing touchdown to McCaffrey. But there's also the world world in which, unless it's the passing touchdown to McCaffrey, you're lowering your potential ceiling outcome on Lamar scoring a great touchdown, and then the other side of the field, they're marching down. McCaffrey scores a great touchdown. They can trade off. You can't obviously score with Lamar while the other side has the ball. So you're kind of just hoping for a one-sided game rather than, hey, let's just hope for a good high-scoring shootout on Christmas. It depends on the game script that you think is going to be there. That's a really interesting dynamic, though. I think I'd play Purdy myself because I wouldn't want to have to worry about how they score. I would say this is the best offense in the NFL – just go score, yeah. and I can I can root for that every time, and I don't have to root for Lamar to do anything. I can root for, hey, if you're going to score, do it quick. Otherwise, just give my team the ball back, and we'll do what we just did again. I like your chances with the Purdy McCaffrey stack. And you're right. And I throw it to him. And I <laughs> okay. on there. So, yeah. but are you worried at all about the... the so that the wasn't my question, game? by the way. I'm not, actually. I think they'll win. So okay. I, I, think I agree I'll, with you. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. That actually wasn't the question I was going to ask you. I'm so jealous of you, though, and I will hear your questions. But yeah. how jealous am I of getting to you get to just basically on Christmas night, which makes it just so special. It's Christmas. This is the reason for the season, right? Yeah. Fantasy football. That's a joke. Um, you just get to like hunker down and go, hey, the Niners just do your thing. And and that is the that is the rooting interest that you have. You have everybody on that offense, basically. Yeah. Sans Kittle. But even if Kittle catches a TD, it's Purdy. That is so cool. I'm jealous of that. OK, what's your actual consternation your question for uh, i assume another league or is it the same league that you have all well the it's actually both of the leagues that i'm still alive in because in both of the leagues i have jalen warren on the bench now that's been the case for most of the year 
Yeah, he's a tough one. But you he's know, all of a sudden, I, I have him on the bench too. All of a sudden, he's you know getting a little more of the workload. Pass catching obviously has been a, a plus for him. Great for PPR. Yeah. Do you put him in over Bijan Robinson? Oh, wow! Isn't it's that so, so tough? That sucks. It yeah. sucks. Here's the question I have: Is Bijan in both leagues? The guy that no. you're He's in one. The other one that I had a question about okay. was DeAndre Swift. Do I replace Jalen Warren with him either? I think what you end up doing is you're playing Jalen Warren in one of these leagues, if it were me. Like, I split the difference. I'm Find not a way to get him in somehow. Get him in one of them. And so then you ask, okay, which one is, honestly, how bad did that suck having Bijan on your I assume you started him last week and just survived. I did on not start life. him last. Uh, Jalen Warren, you're saying? No, no, Bijan. I oh, assume Bijan? you started Bijan. I started Bijan, but and, you survived. And, but anyway. I weathered it. Yeah. So, what a stud manager you must be. <laughs> um, and I did that as Jake well. Browning, in, in, I'm telling you, in a couple leagues. <laughs> so that's why you like Jake Browning yeah. so much. I would sit Bijan Robinson. Do you want to have to? It's your Christmas holiday. Do you want to have to be what think about Arthur Smith? I mean, I, I understand. If you, I understand that. Option, I have to start Bijan. The other option, possibly option. in that situation, would be Devon Achan. Mostert's going to piss you off. He, he already has ruined Christmas plenty know, of times. But, yeah. Um, are you projected to win? That's another like upside. I'm projected is to win. Sure. I am projected to win. Then maybe you go with whatever the perception of a safer option is. PPR because like Jalen Warren's going to catch three or PPR. four passes. It's a nice little floor. But Jalen Warren does not have the upside of Bijan if Arthur Smith gets his head out of his butt. And they lost last week, so that might tell him he's got to change his ways to win this time around. That's what I'm thinking. Good like, matchup man. with the Colts. Yeah. We're going to still be talking about this one tomorrow. That's what I think. Oh. This is compelling. Yeah, this, this is, is compelling. Really Bijan tough, or Jalen Warren is tough. And Jalen Warren plays on Saturday, so i got less time to decide. Man, tomorrow, come on. We're going to talk about it. It's a more fantasy talk for Friday. <laughs> we're just going to continue this in the next segment, our first segment of the show on Friday. We're just going to continue this without any context. So be ready for that. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks to Gabe DeArmond for joining us as well. Mizzou Women's Basketball at 645. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Abe. We're done for now.